0: To another episode of the Beulah Girl Podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit Beulagirl.com.
1: Hi, friend, thanks so much for tuning in to the Beulah Girl Podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host, and we are here with two friends, um, co-host Susie Lolly, and I'm also here with a friend that may be new to some of you, Rachel Howard. Uh, she is going to be joining us for this episode. She has written articles for us before on the blog, but she took a little leave of absence to have her second child, and she is joining us once again. So we are so happy to have her on board with us today to talk a little bit about self-worth. Rachel is a middle school course instructor, assistant course instructor, and as I mentioned before, she just had her second child. So she has two little ones. (laughs) At home and that keeps her very busy uh, but she also does help out in a few capacities at the church. I know that I was at their church last year for a conference and she helped quite a bit with putting that together with co-host Susie Lolly. and she also leads worship on occasion so we're so glad to welcome Rachel and of course you're all familiar with Susie because she has done multiple episodes with me before. Tonight I want to talk about a subject that this has just been kind of brewing in my heart. I actually started writing an article originally on parenting and I originally was writing it over parenting in Psalm 139 and then it went into a different direction which often happens when I write and I really just felt led to write about something entirely different. So I know this was a Holy Spirit inspired peace. And I really want to talk tonight about worth and where our worth comes from and really how we can face any human rejection or get through any situation knowing we still have value no matter what has been said of us or no matter what we think of ourselves and where that deep value comes from and how we can really face those hard situations in life without Completely getting derailed in our faith or feeling badly about ourselves, whether that be a loss of a, a job or a position where you know we were getting a lot of our self worth from what other people said about us or thought of us in our job, and maybe we're not doing so well or we've lost that job, or maybe we're in a situation where we just don't, you know, we've moved to a new place and we just don't have the relationships we used to have that boost up our sense of worth, or maybe. We're going through some kind of health crisis where you know our appearance is different than it used to be or perhaps we just had you know several children and we're looking at our body and it's nothing like it used to be whatever the situation we find ourselves in. I wanted to address women out there, just talk a little bit about worth and how we you know where our value comes from. And this was just something that really has been on my heart for the last few weeks. Since I've become a blogger, I've blogged now for about 3 years. One of the interesting things that hap- that has happened is that I very much attempt to listen to the Holy Spirit and you know write pieces that he would have me to write. But one of the interesting things that he does a lot of times is he'll give me confirmation because a lot of times I feel like I'm just sort of in my own world. I have small children, I'm home with a 2-year-old all day long and I kind of feel like I'm in Carol's world. Okay. <laughs> And I kind of think to myself, okay, was this just a thought that I had in my head? Or is, you know, is God truly telling me this? And when I was looking at Psalm 139, there was a phrase that really came to mind, and it was known and loved. And I thought, okay, well, that's a nice phrase, but, you know, is this from God or is this just a Carol thought that popped, bubbled up to the surface here? So it was literally like within a few days, maybe it was the next week we were at a marriage enrichment class that we just started at our church. I was there with my husband and we were in the newcomer group and the ministry leader used that same exact phrase in the very same way. Everybody wants to be known and loved and we want people to know us, the real us, and yet still accept us. And she said that and I thought, you know, it really caught me by surprise because I thought, Oh my goodness, that's the exact same phrase that was coming to mind as, I was looking up for Psalm 139, so I knew that that God was really kind of confirming that this was something that I needed to to talk about in relation to this. So I just want to share with you, before we turn to Rachel and uh, Susie, I just want to share with you a little bit of what I wrote in the article I did on worth, which you can check out on BeulahGirl.com. I focus on a few lines from Psalm 139, as I mentioned, but in the first six lines this is what David says he says you have searched me Lord and you know me you know when I sit and when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar you discern my going out and my lying down you are familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue you Lord know it completely you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to obtain Now, before, when I had read this, I would never noticed how many times he says in these lines, Lord, you know me. You know when I sit. You know everything about me. You know the words that are going to be on my tongue. He talks about how God knows the thoughts that we're going to think before we think them. He knows the words we're going to say before we say them. He knows everything about us. We can't hide anything from God. There's nothing that he doesn't know and later in the psalm in verses 13 to 14 david says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i'm fearfully and wonderfully made we look at those words fearfully and wonderfully fearfully is literally a sense of awe you have where you're almost frightened by something because you're that in awe of something david is saying lord the way that you know me and you've made me i'm literally in awe of it like almost to a scary level because you know me so well and you knew me before the beginning of time. Wonderfully, that word there means selected or chosen. So distinct, set apart. So he's talking there again about the same idea, not just that we have this wonderful Creator who has made us, but we have a Creator who knows us, who was there at the beginning when we were being formed in the womb before um, we, you know, anyone else even knew that we were going to come along. And so I talk about in my post just about how, even if we face rejection from other people, like for instance, um, and we'll get to Susie and Rachel in a minute, in the news, we've just recently had the whole Florida school shooting thing happen. And so it's raised again questions like, why do people do things like this? And I don't know all the motives of this particular young man because those kind of details are still forthcoming. But if you study school shootings, one of the things that that you'll find is that a lot of these school shooters um, have been badly rejected or isolated in some way. And they're retaliating and this, you know, paying back people who have hurt them. And so as I've watched on the news, as many political talk shows have discussed the idea that we, you know, are made for interconnectedness and that people who feel rejected or isolated often act out in bad ways um one of the ideas that again i wanted to write about was just the idea that all of us have to have a foundation for our worth that is so much greater than a career than what people say about us and that's exactly what it gives us in the psalm is just this idea of being known if god has taken so much time to get to know us and knows us as intimately as the psalm tells us, then that leads us to the conclusion that we are deeply loved. Someone who has taken that much effort to be involved with us loves us. And so it's that foundation that when we're rejected, when we don't feel very good about ourselves, we can lean on that. And that is an immovable foundation that we can lean on. So I've thrown out a a million ideas. I've gone really fast. But Susie and Rachel, I just want to talk a little bit about, I've mentioned this the school shooting, I've mentioned this psalm, and I've kind of talked a little bit about worth. Particularly with women, I believe that our worth is just under attack from a very early age. Um, with both of you on your own journey to feel self-acceptance, to not Um, reject yourself in what ways have you possibly in the past or maybe even now struggle with occasionally falling into what ways have you attempted to maybe generate a sense of value on your own and maybe you know have you had to learn this wasn't the best way to to operate
2: Okay, well, I will say first off that I was surprised and challenged by this topic um, because I feel like this is one that's kind of hitting those deep roots that God's wanting to, like, rework in my life. And um, and so, but as to answer your question, a way that I have, you know, chosen to generate self-acceptance is, I mean, I think, and a lot of people can relate to this, is social media. And my husband will get on to me for it a lot but it's you know looking for okay I'm going to post this picture and I'll get into a a routine I could go a week and I'm not on social media and things are good but if I might be feeling like oh I want some approval or whatever and you could say that that's what it is and some people might argue that it's not and I might argue that it's not Um, but I'll find myself in a day or three days where I'm doing a lot of posts and you know I get 30 likes or 50 likes or 87 likes and I'm like oh yes that feels good like yes people are liking this but then that just goes away real fast you know two minutes later then I'm going okay well then not necessarily two minutes later but you know that it doesn't last it's not a lasting acceptance it's just like a thing that you see there on the screen and you're like okay people have seen this and acknowledged it and now we're moving on and now they're on to the next like that they're gonna like or post and so am I um so it's just I think for me, that's just an easy way for me to try to get acceptance, and for the world to try to get acceptance. That's very impersonal, right? Um, and not lasting
1: at all. Right, so. and I think we've even talked, Susie, before about social media can actually cause us to feel depressed because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like you said, it's fleeting. But if we don't get the fifty likes that we're hoping for, <laughs> or, or no, <laughs> right. or know, no one, or no one makes, a, you know. <laughs> no one no one makes a comment or notices then then you know we're basing you know in some ways our you know happiness level that day on other people and that and they may not respond it can, be, a respond. Thing. It can be like a comparison like well
2: and that's when i can get myself into a bad situation where it's like i'll find one person that i'm going man she just has got the life like a couple friends i've got a few that i feel like they've got it like the the po- the pictures are perfect everything's perfect and they've got and you know it's perfect in my mind because air quotes there because it's 193 likes that they have on their picture yeah but mine's only 43 (laughs) so and it's the same kind of scenario so then that's that's where that comes in
1: yeah i definitely think we're all susceptible to that and i've kind of taken a little break not complete break from social media but i haven't been on as much just because it i i'm not that you know i i just feel dissatisfied when Mm -hmm. i go through it is other people's highlight reel you Mm -hmm. know reels and it can make you you know get into those unhealthy areas of comparison i know my pastor a sermon recently he he had a little red solo cup, and he was holding it up and saying, you know, many of us do that. We hold up our little cup. Like, do you like me? Do you – can you fill it up? You know, and we hold it up to other people. And a lot of times, like you said, they can't fill it completely. It's fleeting. It, it'll
0: empty quickly, and then we have to hold it up again. Mm-hmm. So, Susie, what say you? Oh, I just am laughing because I do these videos every Tuesday, <laughs> and I'm lucky. Like, I think my highest one was 11 people watching and you can tell that, like, they only watched for a minute and then they left. And I've really been dealing with, um, anyway, I have some desires, like you, Carol, to maybe uh, possibly at some point be able to fund some of the things I do. And those 11 people are not going to help me get there. So that's funny. But it's, that's not really what I wanted to talk about, but I definitely can relate to that. But, um, you know, you asked what ways have you attempted to generate from others acceptance? I think um, probably my biggest area of concern that I have is and I'm still on this journey is my personality I feel like I have a very outgoing personality and it's really hard because I have I'll just use an example there's one teacher that I work with in my training and literally when I come in the building she's like "It's Susie!" and she flips out and is so happy to see me and likes but she doesn't know me well enough to know that this personality would probably get on her nerves if she were around it a lot And so I'm constantly walking the line between being proud of my boldness, I do like my personality for the most part, but then I have this desire to be, I guess, somebody else entirely. You know, I just so many times wish I could just put tape over my mouth. I don't even always feel like what I say is wrong, but I I guess the way I say it or the, you know, it's just very frustrating. I have a constant internal dialogue, and um, I wrote a whole post about that for you, um... one about the center of attention or something and so it's am I am I being accepted by God who clearly gave me this personality I don't mean if I'm like a witchy woman that day that (laughs) God gave me this I can't change you know (laughs) but I mean if I'm if I'm just being who I am and uh I feel like I I was in the right that day or whatever then there's I don't want to have this other side that nags to Find acceptance, like that. I have to shut myself down so that I can be like everybody else and find acceptance. That's not, that's not right either. So I'm definitely, um, you know, I know Rachel said it was challenging for her. She thought first, y'all were going to talk about parenting, which is probably <laughs> something she's like, okay, okay, I can talk about my three years of parenting. <laughs> um, that would not have been a topic for me, but um, I'm your second stream panelist. Poor, we have another <laughs> another sweet lady who couldn't come, so Carol's like, Susie, you're on the panel. <laughs> But I love it because it's God confronting us with things that are still very raw that we do need to talk about. Yeah. I don't have very many areas together, but I feel like the more that we talk about what we don't have together, then the women and maybe a few men who are listening to this podcast will say, Oh, well maybe I don't have to be perfect like I like everybody else appears to be. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's, you know, God getting a hold of us whether we're in the middle of our journey of acceptance or not.
1: Right. And I think too that some things that have been a struggle in the past, you know, those things could sneak up again. Because, you know, for instance, like both of you were saying in different ways, there have been times I've kind of wished to be a different person entirely. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I still, you know, I'm holding up my little cup to people, please fill me, mm-hmm. accept me, love me and really looking for that in an unhealthy way. And I think women especially struggle with that because we are wired to be admired. And to love to wired
0: be to be admired yes <laughs> and, and really we're wired
1: to want to be noticed mm-hmm. and God mm-hmm. wired us in that way but we can just like anything else we we can take it too far yeah you know mm-hmm. we can go to unhealthy lengths where you know unless we get 83 likes that day we're, we're not happy with ourselves or you know unless we are changing our personality be like someone else that we feel like we're defective so you know He's working on us in all those ways, and I know, just me personally, I talk about all these subjects on the blog, but they're things that I still have to come back to and say, okay, Carol, you're still doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, stop. Another question for you ladies. In what ways has God revealed to you how loved and known you truly are? In your faith walk, can you point to some specific ways or examples where God just really showed you how much He truly knew you? And and/ or loves you and how that kind of has helped you accept who you are.
2: Um, I think for me um, it it was well a couple things that came to mind with this question this question is one is just this is a silly example but this is one of the things that I beat myself up about a lot is um, just you know your weaknesses and so one of mine I feel like is directions driving directions. <laughs> Okay, so I'm driving um, to the park, driving my son to the park, a park that maybe I haven't driven myself but I've ridden in the car with my husband driving and I don't pay attention to where we're going. So I was lost. I was driving on my own. We have been to this park like literally probably at least five times and I did not know where I was going and I turned around like once or twice and I was frustrated and my son is sitting in the back and he just he just goes, Mommy, it's okay. <laughs> Mommy, I will always hold on to you. And I just felt, it was weird that he said that. I will always hold on to you. But it was, I felt like it was God speaking through my son going, Rachel, you need to stop. You know, this is not a big deal. But I was running, I was going down this path of like, man, I just can't be a good mom. Like it was getting me down a really bad path. Just in my mind, just that moment. And I, that, just in that moment, that's something that I can specifically recall. And I think I will always remember um, God using my kids and the, the fact that they, they seem happy, like even when I beat myself up about being a good, of, good enough mom, they look at me and they're happy, you know, or they seem content, not always, but in those moments when they are, <laughs> you know, that's a reminder. And I feel like God get that, that's like a whisper from God saying, you have this and I have you, you know. Um, and then one other ex- big example for me was, I was really struggling in my job um, just with some different things, a lot of just self-acceptance just as a teacher and my ability to connect with the students and um, just all these all these different things I could go down. But I had a really, really, really rough week. This was back last semester. Um, and I came in and I just felt very, very broken. And we actually had FCA in our um, course room that meets every Thursday. And so I was listening um, to that and The speaker was just talking about being being in a rock and a hard place and I felt like I was it was exactly what I needed to hear and I just went up to him and I talked to him and I said it really really spoke to me and he prays over me in front of my students and in front like in my classroom and it was just very powerful I just felt like God was going I see you and I am with you because I had felt so forgotten there in my job and I felt like that was his it was just some major affirmation that he gave me Um, so those are just a couple things that I can you know think of in the past six months that have been very impactful for me as
1: small as they might seem one big one small maybe but well not small at all because he knew the thoughts that you were having Mm -hmm. and intercepted right at the moment even through your what 3-year-old mm-hmm. mm-hmm. from the back yes. seat which is really how God works often through other people. Mm-hmm. So Susie, what what are some ways that you've kind of can point to that you're just been blown away with how intimately God truly knows you?
0: Um I think for me it's over and over again I think uh, you and I have talked about this I talk about it on my blog and my podcast like the Israelites are Susie it's like okay God just parted a a red sea for them and they're like nope he's not gonna do it again he's not gonna give us any food and I feel like he just keeps on reminding me how much he loves me sometimes through a spanking (laughs) I do feel like I'm regularly uh, chastised by God but in a way he says he chastises those he loves and so I will be honest. I've had a hard week. Uh, not even anything I've really talked about with family yet. Uh, but we've been we've we've had kind of a hard week uh, through our infertility journey. And um, we went to a worship service last night. And it was weird because there was a church that we just drove past, and they have Saturday night service, so it doesn't compete with anything we're doing on Sunday mornings. And we just drove in their parking lot. It had kind of a weird name, and we like, let's just go. And so. Um, come to find out they're affiliated with a church we really respect but is too far away. So this one is on the north end of town. And so last night I was like, Dusty, you want to go visit their service? And so he had just walked by my piano, and there's a song on the piano by this group called Bread and Wine. And then he looks up. I said, make sure, because I'm like how you are with directions, I am with losing stuff and forgetting things. (laughs) So I'm like, honey, look up when their service is. I think it's at 6, but I don't want to be in charge of us like going at the wrong time. So he looks it up, he said, that's weird, he goes, that group Bread and Wine is going to be there tonight, but he just saw that on my piano, and there's a song that Bread and Wine sings called Mountain to Valley, and I've led it at our church, and it just says, um, one part of it says, you take me in, you lead me out, Mm -hmm. what a journey walking with you now, and um, anyway, I have just... I've been mad at God. I've doubted God. I'm just going to be honest through um, a journey where I feel like I keep getting my hopes up and then keep getting stomped on. Mm -hmm. It's been really hard. But anyway, so of all the people that were going to be there last night, we've never even heard of this church. It's a really small – they're even using somebody else's facility. So we go to their service last night, and that group is there. And, of course, they do that song, which is very touching or whatever. But they also, at their church, believe in prophecy. And so they said, we're actually – we're going to have our prophecy team come up, which our church is Pentecostal, but we're not quite that. That's more <laughs> on the charismatic side of things. Okay. So we do not we do believe in prophecy, and we've had people like, like all of a sudden say, I feel such and such. But this was like, okay, we're not going to bring our prophecy team to the front. It was just kind of different. And the one guy, and he was actually the guy I felt most drawn to, had a hearing aid. That's probably why I'm very compassionate on people. But anyway, he says, I feel like there's somebody in here who can't have a baby and we literally had just gotten some news the day before and so he says i would like those people to stand he said then you need to be married (laughs) i thought that was cute too and you have to both want the kid or whatever but anyway dusty and i stand up and we're the only ones in the whole room Mm -hmm. with that situation and so he just spoke over us and just told us you know he's encountered so many times when people said it was impossible and you know God delivered people and I don't know if he was speaking over us you'll have a child in a year or he was just saying that's telling that story but either way um, I feel like my biggest moments of calling out and I think people when people go back and read your post that goes with this you said he's calling you out you know I feel mm-hmm. like my biggest moments of calling out because mm-hmm. my personality bothers me so bad it happens usually in a room with people I don't know I feel so much more free to just mm-hmm. worship I'm like these people don't know me so if I act like an idiot whatever Um, you know, but I feel so much more free in a room where nobody knows me, nobody knows my story, and then still God is able to speak. And so, um, he keeps reminding me, um, you know, to love him with abandon, to trust him and to look at things that people say are impossible and say what God says instead of echoing what they say. I mean, the other night we went out to dinner and Dusty and I were talking and I was being so negative. He's like, I'm going to just call him out on here because it was funny. He goes, Susie, do you want me to go to a bar down the road? Because I guess that's how depressing I was being. <laughs> was like, made you want to just like go get drunk or something because he was being funny, okay? So nobody take that seriously. But I was just, I guess, just harping on such negative things. And that was Friday night. And then Saturday night, God just one more time pulled me into his lap and said, I, I know you and I love you, just like you said. So over and over again, such a good father
1: right and what i'm hearing just from both of you is different situations different worries different concerns but yet god gives you exactly what you need at the moment you need it and that is the god we serve and i think what really impressed on me when i was reading the psalm again which had never never jumped out at me before which is the amazing thing about the word of god is that you can look at the same passage you've looked at before and something Mm -hmm. new can jump out at you and you can learn something new, a different angle depending on what you're going through. But he truly does know us in ways that no one else can know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my mom used to always say, God knows you know you know, knows you better than you know yourself. And I would argue with her, No, no one knows me better than myself. <laughs> no, he even knows we can be in situations where we don't even know what we need. We don't know what word we need to hear. We mm-hmm. don't know what will encourage us, and he'll just give you something that no one else on the planet would even know that that would be meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. And it will just shock you because it will be through, again, you can be in a room, like Susie was saying, a room where no one knows you. Mm -hmm. And they say, someone in here needs to have a baby, you know, wants to have a baby and no one else stands up. Or like you said, an FCA
0: leader, you did not talk to them beforehand. And yet he what inspired him to say those words, you know. Mm-hmm. And I want to make one quick point because I can't tell a story, Carol. I'm terrible. I go like in a big loop around the story. But I wanted to say that song, Mountain to Valley, the first time I really connected with it, I had gone to a, um, my other sister-in-law's uh, church and went into this. Uh, it was a women's conference and you had to pick a session. And I just picked the one that seemed the most appealing, but none of them really seemed to relate to me. And I get in there, and the woman is literally talking about her struggle with getting pregnant. And I bawled the whole time. And at the very end, she played that song, Mountain to Valley, over and over and over again. And so then, when we go last night, and then I get this, you know, prophecy or this word that I'm clinging on to, you know, because, again, they didn't know me, um, that was that same song of encouragement. So I just don't think those kind of things are coincidental. And, I, you know, like... FCA meeting in your room and that guy praying over you and talking over that just like not coincidental Mm -hmm. so and impossible
1: if you think about it yeah because all those things those people planned that particular song for that night right without knowing you were going to be there without knowing you were going to have the week you had Mm -hmm. you know if you really think about and he does it for you know millions of people simultaneously it's it's absolutely mind-boggling yeah if you really Mm -hmm. begin to to look into it. Last question. Um, I read this and I read this when I was doing a study of Genesis and it's from a commentator and I tried to (laughs) go back and see who it was exactly and I couldn't find it. But he says this amazing thing. He says to know ourselves, we have to know God. And what you hear in our culture is that to find yourself, you have to look into yourself. But really, our relationship with God is about when we walk with him. that's when Mm -hmm. we begin to know who we truly are. And what our purpose truly is we can't know that fully until we walk with God so I just want you to react to that statement and just tell me a little bit about what that possibly means to you and also just um, I think for me personally the reality I've had to come to in my own life is that part of my rebellion against God has been and he's 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 intercepted me in in a very loving way. And he's had to change my thoughts about myself. But I did not think of... of, I I knew when I was a young person that my actions were rebellious. But I didn't realize how rebellious I was in my thoughts. And I didn't really view negative self-talk in my head as turning against Mm -hmm. the creation God Mm -hmm. had made. So that's another point, too. Is that I've kind of had to come to terms with that. That wow, you know, when we turn against ourselves, we're turning against what God made. Mm-hmm. So either one of those statements kind of react to your thoughts and re- reaction to that, and then we'll go ahead and close. Yeah, I really like that. Um, you know, having
2: you know thoughts, your self-talk being negative. That that is you. We so often look at the. Um, you know the actions and that's you know what they did in the old testament is the outside the law but that's the new testament is that god looks at the heart and the thoughts and there's a proverb i'm not sure which one but it does say that um you know whatever you whatever man thinketh in his heart so is he um and so for me i mean i can i can say i guess that i um I'm in just a a season right now where I can feel just so drowned, and I think it's—I think, I think there's a point of life, and my husband and I talk about this a lot, is that life is always going to have a challenge. Like every day is going to have a challenge, every season is going to have a challenge. There's, there might be like certain things that are easier in certain seasons of your life, and certain things that are harder, but there's always going to be something that you have to trust God with. Um, So, you know, I can say, well, there, this, and this right here, this part of my life, I'm not sure about this, and I'm not sure about this over here. Um, but I am sure about this one thing, and I don't know if I'm making any sense right now. But you are, you're fine. Um, basically, what I f- the only thing that I can cling to right now in my life, and my career, and my being a mom, and all the things that I can find myself getting caught up in—is I just have to take things one day at a time and seek the Lord one day at a time. Because if I start thinking too far ahead or too far down the road then I will just get so worried about what that looks like and just think, because I feel like I'm not going to be able to take myself there um, no matter how big it seems. Like I, I want it to be a big thing. I want it to be a good thing, but I'm not going to be able to take myself there I have, if I get my eyes off of him. So I have to look to him and, um, and trust him just in the moment and in the day and as I do that, as I seek him and seek to find, I think that's the big one of the, the biggest things that he the work that he wants to do in me is that self-talk is to find that voice of acceptance in him and in that I will find all of those other pieces and I think everybody has that, like every, I feel like to a degree our stories are, they're different, but they also look the same and that the end is the same does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That, God, that in the end God just wants us to live in love and be loved by him and be in relationship with him and in perfect relationship with him and each other. Um, and it they're going to look different because we started in a different place. You know, we all started. You started where you grew You started in a certain place where you grew up and with your family. And I started this place. And, you know, we're just so our journeys look different, but the challenges are similar. Mm-hmm. that makes sense? I don't know.
1: Right. And two is sometimes we can get overwhelmed thinking, well, I don't You know, I have these issues in myself that I need to work on, but at least what I hear you saying is that rather than get overwhelmed by looking at, you know, all that we need to maybe fix in our life or know that it's really daily walking with him and just letting him reveal the things he wants to reveal and taking it sort of one step at a time. Mm
0: -hmm. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. I sing that every day, just that one part, and I have to sing it with that ending. (laughs) Um, I think when I read your, your prompt, you know, about we have to know God to know ourselves, the scripture that came to me, I didn't know where it was, I had to look it up, but Psalm 100, verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. And so, to me, you know, knowing God is knowing the one who knows us more intimately than we know ourselves. And there are so many times when I have no idea how to even articulate what I'm feeling. You know, and he talks about uh, in the Pentecostal faith. We talk about the scripture a lot. I guess as speaking in tongues, but I don't know that's necessarily what it means. But he talks about how he'll you know use groanings and utterings that words Mm -hmm. cannot express. Like there are times when um, I guess maybe a tragedy even comes in your life, and you'll hear a woman just wailing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't want to ever experience what would make a woman wail. Like I've seen, you know, at times losing a child, losing a spouse, whatever but they don't even have the words to say. And I feel like in in my struggle, like Rachel talked about, there's always a struggle of some kind. I kind of feel like I'm at the apex of many struggles right now Mm -hmm. that I would like to, like, can we get deliverance on one of these, please? Um, But uh, whatever struggle we're in that, God has a way of articulating back to himself what it is I'm trying to say. What Mm -hmm. I don't even know I'm thinking, what I don't even know I need, what I don't even know is my own, like you said, uh, both of you, negative self-talk. Sometimes I think that's really God, you know, Mm -hmm. talking to me like that. Um, He has a way of just taking what I can't say and and can't think and can't express and drawing it out of me and helping me process better than I ever could. So certainly for me knowing God is the only way to know myself because myself is cray cray <laughs> and right. so uh, yeah he's the one who helps me to make something out of that
1: yeah mm-hmm. and the verse you're talking about it's talking about this this Holy Spirit mm-hmm. intercedes on our behalf and yes. prays when we don't even know what to pray well ladies I'm so glad you've shared what you have and you've really just kind of put yourself out there and shared some very deep things so I'm very appreciative that you had that you have And at the end of Psalm 139 just kind of to wrap up all of these ideas we've been talking about David says search me God and know my heart he invites God to keep on searching him keep on being intimately acquainted Mm -hmm. with him it's not that we can ever hide from God or they can't ever see us but we can run away Mm -hmm. and we can you know try to block off that line of communication but David says you know what I'm gonna keep myself open to you I'm gonna keep on wanting to hear your thoughts because you so know me so well, you can be trusted. And you can even be trusted in an area such as my identity, such as how I feel about myself, how you made me. You can be trusted with all of that, all of the issues we're talking about today because you know us so well. And you've taken the pains to prove yourself trustworthy over and over. So I love that. So part of just being obedient to him is saying, you know, I accept you because you made me. Um, the whole world may be against me. I may be dealing with all these issues like infertility or struggles with my job or feelings of being overwhelmed as a mom. Whatever it is, um, we don't have to resort to wrong strategies. We don't have to put our worth in the wrong things. We have that rock solid, immovable foundation in God. So no matter what others say or what is coming against us, we have a God who knows us mm-hmm. and we keep in line with Him and attached to Him and he will show us the way that we are to go so I just want to end by saying if you are someone listening and you are maybe struggling just with how you feel about yourself or just a situation where you just feel like God doesn't know what you're going through or God doesn't know you I I just want you to take um, take a moment to look over Psalm 139 and let God speak to you through that and I would just ask you to pray that God would take off the blinders of unbelief and begin to show you how much he truly loves you Um, I know from my own life that unbelief has been something that has blocked me from seeing God's love in my life and that when I began to believe that God loved me is when I began to actually see it and I would just encourage you to begin to seek out his version of you that if you have questions about who you truly are or what he truly wants you to do, that you would look to him and his voice and listen to that above what your own reason is telling you or what other people in your life are telling you. Let's just go ahead and end in prayer. Dear Lord, I just thank you Lord that you are a God who is intimately involved with us, that you care enough about us, that you come after us, you make yourself known to us that you are so connected with us that you just surprise us we aren't even expecting to hear from you and you you show up because you care that much about us lord and i pray for the people listening if they haven't experienced that in their life lord that they would just open their minds if there's unbelief in their life or they just haven't gone to a level in their relationship with you where they see you on a daily basis lord that they would look for you and you would begin to show up in their lives, Lord, and you would help to heal whatever wrong mindsets they've had about themselves and to make yourself truly known to them and, and allow them to know how much they are truly known and loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen.